Hello, hello Fort Worth, and welcome to another episode of the Fort Worth Freedom Review. We are here today, as every episode, to talk about local politics. We hope to get more of you guys out there engaged in some of these local issues. We're doing it live today. My name is Anthony Sosa, and I'm here with Christopher Rose. How's it going? Hey, I'm pretty good today. How are you? Sweet. I'm doing pretty good. We're just going to, we're recording this on a Thursday. Normally we do these on Sundays um, due to illness and other scheduling issues. We're having to push it back. So thank you for, uh, for bearing with us on that. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and finish reading what I'm supposed to read to you guys, and then we'll get rolling. As always, all the resources that we talk about today on the episode will be provided below in the show notes. Go through them, check them out, check our notes, come up with your own, your own takes on them. Um, this podcast is made possible by the Justice Reform League a Fort Worth-based nonprofit. You can sign up for our newsletter and get updates on Fort Worth political news and deep dives into local issues at our website, justicereformleague.net. Feel free to contact us if you have any episode ideas or any additional stories that you would like us to cover. Hit us up on Twitter at FWReview. And uh, you can send us a Gmail or an email at a Gmail uh, (laughs) at FWFreedomReview at gmail.com. Speaking of the Twitter thing, I kind of wanted to start with that thing. Did you see that thing that I posted on my personal social media? Yeah, uh, I did. So that's that I, was like forward news. I was like, whoa, what's going on here? This is crazy. I know. I was like upset that I can't share it, as I am with a lot of your stuff. You post a lot of good things. You can share it. I don't. I mean, I guess because it's personal. no, I can't. You're private. Uh, well, you can screenshot my stuff if you want. Okay, <laughs> cool. I, I, just, I know it's extra work. I guess it's a lot of extra work. Um. Yeah, sorry. I don't know. It's because of the. No, that's okay. It's because of the. Yeah, try to try to try to keep that stuff close to the vest. So, listener, maybe going like, what are they talking? What are they talking about? So, uh, we're gonna provide this for you below in the show notes. There was a tweet that was tweeted out last night um, by Jonathan Morris, who is Twitter handle is Jonathan. I'm sorry, at Jonathan DFW. And I was like, read. I found this on Reddit, and I was reading it. And I was like, oh, crap, I want to go follow this guy. Uh, and then I was actually already following him. I'm not sure when I started following him at some point, but I was already kind of following this dude. He's a local business owner here in Fort Worth, um, and he owns Hotel Dreiss. And so he um, had a story that he wanted to share with the Fort Worth community, and I felt like it was an important story to talk about. Uh, that's why I was like, I got to share this on social media. It's kind of stirs some stuff up. So what happened uh, to Mr. Morris? So I'll just read from his tweet. Um, I'm sharing this email, bottom of the thread. Don't know why I read that. Oh, hello, hello. Uh, I got from Kim, my very kind, talented, uh, and talented professional bar director at Hotel Dreiss, for a couple reasons. One, because people who treat people shitty bother me. Two, because the do you know who I am entitlement annoys me. Three, because I'm tired of people whispering about these things. Perhaps this club will continue this behavior wherever they go. But I kind of think it's important that small business owners in Fort Worth know that they and their staffs don't have to grin and bear the disrespect. Four, because my own dog hasn't even had the pleasure of sitting at the bar at Hotel Dreis and I freaking own the place. Five, because uplifting and creating safe spaces for black women to thrive in Fort Worth is a priority for me. Disrespect them, and you may as well have spit on my mama. I take it personal. Six, 
because I love Fort Worth. And this ain't how it becomes the more inclusive and diverse city that I'm fighting for. Seven, because I'm on a plane and I got time. Uh, and then he shares screenshots of the email. So uh, what we can gather before we actually get into the, so, okay, there's something that happened at his restaurant. They're, they're talking about a dog. He talked about a dog. He doesn't, he's like, my dog hasn't even sat, been on this thing in my restaurant. People whispering kind of things, entitlement. Do you know who I am? Uh, and mm -hmm. talks of inclusive, inclusivity and diversity. So, um, I don't, what do you think? I'll just, just based on that, like what? what yeah. So first of all, I know Kim, I've, uh, oh, okay. worked with her before and she is legitimately like so sweet and so good with customers. And so like, you know, on top of just like being professional and being clear about professional boundaries. And so I want to just like, like, I know that he already said that, um, kind of, you know? Yeah. But first of all, that's a thing. And so like people messing with Kim, I'm like, okay, no, no, <laughs> man. So yeah. It's, um, yeah. So I guess quick overview of the email. Yeah. So I mean, I guess I, sh I don't, if you want to read the entire thing, you can go do mm -hmm. that or should I, just I feel like we can sum it up. Yeah. And maybe um, put it in the doobly-doo. Yeah. So listener, if you want to um, go read all, it's three screenshots. If you want to go catch it all, it'll be in the doobly-doo, but yeah, go for yeah. it. If you want to, if you want to summarize it. So basically, um, the people that are named in the email are Sasha Bass, uh, Stephen Murin, Murin, mm -hmm. um, the city manager. Uh, what's his name again? David Cook. What was it? David Cook. David Cook. Right. Yes. We've talked about um, him before. Those are the only names mentioned. Um, but um, basically, so Kim wrote an email to... Jonathan that he decided to share for those seven reasons <laughs> that he listed. Um, and basically this group comes into hotel Dreis. It's a boutique hotel and uh, with, with a bar. Um, and Kim's the bar manager. And so they come in, they order a round of drinks. They all close out. Um, after a little bit, uh, Kim notices that Sasha Bass has a uh, dog in her purse and shares the establishment's pet policy, which is that you can't have them in there. She just politely asked her to go um, outside. Hey, just take your dog out in the patio. Yeah. Is what she said. And Sasha laughed in her There's face. There's a patio. Um, where dogs are allowed, but it's not, not inside. Um, and they literally just laughed at her and, and stayed and kept drinking and hanging out, um, even though she told them multiple times. Um, she says like three, like at least three times she told them and they just laughed at her. Um, then after like a little over 10 minutes, um, they like asked to, uh, purchase another round and she says that she's already called last call and they like literally start yelling at her. Three grown men, she says, yell at her about you know like do you know who we are and like that was that was a phrase used with the dog too like do you know who we are like the dog can stay yeah. and then she told them last call and and they like yelled at her again about how like 
she can't close. Like, do you know who they are? Like, she has to stay open for them. Are these the rules? Yeah, it's so they they roll in close. Like, so it and I I didn't know that they closed at ten. It, this is, this becomes very clear after like reading it. Like, okay, y'all close at ten. They show up. Mm-hmm. This this party of people shows up at nine thirty five. As someone who works yeah. in the service industry, when you show up in like the last twenty, okay, this is twenty five. Last twenty five minutes of the workday. Um, Mm -hmm. and you're just rolling, expecting to spend some time there. Like that's, that's a bad look that really pisses off the people (laughs) when you do that, you're not entitled to to keep the place open. Uh, and most people, you know, are just, are just kind of kicked off or not served if you come in too late. So they come in at nine 35 and then they stick around and they want to, like you said, keep ordering after she's already done last call. Um, and like the entitlement of that, like, oh, you should you this is OK for you and that you deserve this over other people because of who your status is in the city is just like disgusting. Yeah. And then, yeah, so yeah. they they bullied her into pouring them another round because, again, she is really good at customer service and. And like was literally, you know, afraid of making these people enemies of the establishment because they will do that yeah, yeah. <laughs> because they have a history of doing that sure they um can. yeah she doesn't specify how many there are um but she mentions those three names and then she uh she mentions uh three men yelling at her um quote you have the city manager in here and and other officials so it's not a good idea to tell us you're closing um etc etc like flagrant i wonder how the tabc feels about all that you know like i wonder how the state agency (laughs) feels about city officials telling bars to stay open you know i'm sure they've probably got a a thing or two to say about that Uh, it's just it's just uh i mean like people already know this and like when i posted this there are a lot of people that are saying yeah i've i've had to serve these people too when i told amber about it this morning because she was a bartender at the bearded lady for years she had to wait on very similar you know people uh who acted the same entitled sort of way and so it's like this like you're saying even now like is a thing (laughs) in fort worth this is a thing uh and like yeah no i've i've talked to like service industry friends of mine with like horror stories about like things that these people have done or like like individuals of these of these people yeah they're not always they don't always roll as a gang (laughs) yeah tonight that night they did so I don't, you know, thankfully Jonathan put this out there. I don't know how much, I mean, to me, it seems like it's getting a lot of traction. Uh, I don't know if it's actually going to get any, any local media coverage or not, but at least on the social medias, um, it seems to be doing, you know, validating a lot of people's like uh, uh, previous experiences. It's like, yeah, these, these, these features right here, you know, like hmm. it's just another example of all that. But I don't know. That's, you know, that, that wasn't what we came here to talk about today. <laughs> But yeah, I, but, but it's <laughs> some some drama in yeah. our city led by like our city leaders, like the yeah. city manager. Like Sasha Bass doesn't have a, a title, but she owns so much. Yeah. Um the the guy who runs the rodeo. And, yeah. And who knows who the other people were? Those were just the people that like the they were name. throwing around their names. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, so Thomas is probably going to hop on here and if he, he was having some technical issues, he's going to join us here in a little bit. Um, hey. But I, I wanted to just kind of briefly just summarize for the listener, like this is what we're going to talk about. 
Um, we're going to try and keep it within our normal time frame of like, you know, 75 to 90 minutes. So if we don't get to any of these topics, we still are going to provide the links below. Um, I just, you know, just kind of want to give a brief overview. So this is, you know, in case we don't get to some of these things. So first we're going to talk about the election results. Uh, since the last episode was like the day before election day. We, so we're going to talk about those things. Um, we're going to then talk about the Colleyville principal um, getting fired or resigning, depending on who you ask, uh, about critical race theory. Um, I wanted to talk about the library incident that happened in Denton. Um, where Dude, they- I didn't know about that till you sent the article. That's wild. Yeah. So, you know, the the critical race theory and the, the library book stuff that we were kind of talking about regarding schools in the last episode, um, there are, you know, right-wing protesters that are essentially crashing um, library events just for public library stuff now, not even related to school district stuff uh, in Denton. Uh, the Guardian released a fan. We talked about gerrymandering last time. We talked about the redistricting, but like the Guardian released a phenomenal uh, piece on gerrymandering in general in the United States and spent a good chunk of it talking about DFW. Uh, and so I wanted to share that additional information. Uh, also, recently we just found out uh, the police officer who was accused of murdering, accused, who murdered a Tatiana Jefferson, I'm reading from the thing, uh, Aaron mm-hmm. Dean, uh, finally has a trial date. And so that's something that we've been mm-hmm. long overdue. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, Beto, Finally, officially announced that he's running. He's already raising a lot of money. So briefly talked about him. We kind of talked about Beto a little bit on and off kind of this whole time. But yeah. And then, uh, and that's pretty much it. There was also a really good Texas Observer article on the governor. uh, And just on all of his uh, executive overreach and like authoritarian actions over the past year and a half, pretty much since the pandemic. They have a really good long, it's a very long article, but it's very, very in-depth and detailed of like, this is what the governor's done over the past. <laughs> Here's all the stuff he did, like thing by thing and breaking it down and contextualizing. It's really, really good. So this is uh, going to be our last episode for 2021. We're going to kind of take the holidays to re- regroup, recuperate, uh, take some time to take care of ourselves and then come back in 2022 to get you guys ready for the May election. Um, so, yeah. So <laughs> what do you want to start with first? I guess we should get the election results out of the way. That's probably. Yeah, that sounds good. All right. So um, I guess we'll hit the, the eight state That's propositions. Several departments. Yeah, we've got three, three, three different tabs for that, I think, on, a, yeah. on, on the thingy. Um, so the eight. So props. the state constitution ones. Yeah, they all passed. Yeah. <laughs> they all passed. Yeah, so they all got approved. Yeah. But more yep. close, some of them are closer margins than others. So prop one, True. the one about the raffles and the rodeo, uh, that 84% of Texans were like, yes, on that. Um, yeah. The, the, the total number, so it looks like about like a 1.45, one and a half, no, one point, yeah, one and a half million votes, it seems, for who, about like who were voting for these propositions statewide. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. That's pretty low to me. That's I mean, not I, very many. I don't, I don't know the state. We haven't been paying attention to the statewide turnout. Um, we've just been looking at the local stuff, but like that, that seems really low. Um, so, okay. Anyways, uh, yeah. prop, prop- and it looks like we, well, okay. Proposition. Oh wait, nope. That's about the same. Proposition six looks like had the most votes. Ooh, oh no, oh, yeah, it was seven. Six, six, seven, and eight both were overwhelmingly okay. approval with 88, 87, yeah. and 88 percent. Which looks like, um, 
yeah, like they had overwhelming approval and like just the most people voted for it. So it looks like other people were as confused as we were about the wording on some of these. Yeah, and that was the thing. Like some of the some wording of the wording was terrible. We even talked about. We we went over all of it, yeah. and then I got there and I read some of the things, and I was like, "What? Like this isn't giving me any information no. about what this is." Yeah, some of them I felt like they'd even reworded since what the uh, like after yeah, we had covered me too, so me the, too, because we we like talked about it and we talked about like it it was like the page we were using was like um like this will be the actual wording on the ballot, and it was not. Yeah. For several of them. Yeah, I, I was. It was weird. What's up, Thomas? That's, that's me in the middle. Oh, hey. What's going on, buddy? I'm can you can y'all hear me now? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> awesome. Okay. What's, Hi. What's up? Hi. How's it going? Pretty good. I can't see your beautiful faces. Right. I had my uh, camera my, turned mine's off. Mine's frozen. I don't know why it's frozen, but it, it it's frozen. There's your beautiful face. Yeah. So. I don't know why. It's frozen, but still beautiful. <laughs> it's like it's it's a portrait, is what it is. It's a painting. There you go. Oh, it's, yeah. it's kind of making me uncomfortable because I feel like it's looking at me. <laughs> like I'm to the left of the. Okay, Emma, sorry. Mm. Um. Hey. So. so yeah. Exactly. So, uh, Thomas, what we were just talking about. Uh, are you ready to roll? Is that yeah. Cool? Yeah. Is that cool? Sweet. Thank you for jumping in and joining yeah. us, swimming along with us. Uh, we were just kind of starting the election results. So we're talking about the eight propositions. Uh, the three that had the closest results, which still weren't that close, uh, was Prop 3, 4, and 5. Uh, prop 3, banning the state from prohibiting or limiting religious services. So you can't close churches in a pandemic. That is approved by 62 to 38%. Um, prop 4, requiring candidates to have 10 years of experience practicing law to be eligible for election, Texas Supreme Court. Um, the stuff about changing the the, the legal legalese for state, you know, judicial officials or legal officials. That one was approved. And then number five, same thing. That one was approved. That's not what I thought I was going to say. I thought it was a different one. Oh, yeah, well. <laughs> I, I remember that one being confusing too, because it didn't it didn't say anything about what we were changing the requirements to. No, I think it said no. it said like changing the requirements for candidates running for Supreme Texas Supreme Court. Yeah, that's all it said. Just changing, and the it was like, well, changing yeah. them to what? Like, how are we supposed to approve yeah. or 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 yeah. vote against? this yeah, and we were bad. talking about this on signal a couple weeks ago what? i think like even when i asked the election officials been like is there something you can give me like a cut out of what the proposal is and they they literally it was literally verbatim what the what the what was on the ballot i'm like so dumb. this is not okay mm -hmm. so i don't know hopefully i don't know it's it's really what's what's really messed up is like to be informed on that you would have had to have listened to our podcast episode which like yeah. Good, right, or good like luck. have looked it up yourself, yeah. which not a lot of people exactly. take the time to do for propositions. Exactly, which and is time consuming. I mean, you know, we're just a little, a little bitty thing, and so like the fact that that's all you got, you know, as far as being informed on the stuff is 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 uh, just goes to show how how broken everything is. I mean, this is ridiculous. Yeah, and even if you did the amount of research that we did. Like we knew <laughs> what the changes were, but we just had to trust that we knew that because it didn't say that on there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I really think they need to have like information booths and just run them like another part of the elect of the polling yeah. process. 
and have people there like you can have Democrats and, and Republicans there being like, this says this, no, it doesn't says this. I'm fine with that. You just need some apparatus to where, you know, voters can actually get more information than just looking at the ballot and be like, oh, here's what it is. Absolutely. Yeah. The finer details. Yeah. And here's the other thing with that Prop 5. I don't necessarily trust our state commission on judicial con- conduct to do any of this. But then again, I'm not even for, like, elected judges. but that is neither here nor yeah. there. I really don't trust the current administration with anything. And I believe we're going to get to that later, but, but yeah, no, for sure. No, for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, so I don't know, I guess the, uh, the last thing before we move on to the next part of the election, like, is this what y'all thought was going to happen? Did you think all eight of them were going to pass or did you think maybe uh, some wouldn't? I, I was a little bit surprised that all eight of them passed. I kind of was too. I don't know why. Look in like hindsight, I'm like, yeah. I, I seem I feel like I was naive for thinking that, but I really thought like a couple of these more contentious ones would have been more contentious. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> the um what was the church one? Sixty two percent for yeah. not allowing the state to limit religious services. Yeah. I yeah, mean, I, I guess I'm... it's Texas. Yeah. I should yeah. have expected it, but the, I was a bit disappointed is... in that one. Yeah, the good news is, and this is going to be, I'm sorry about talking over you. Um, You're good. The good news about this is, and it's going to sound kind of strange coming from me, but uh, religion and churches in general are dying. And I think it needs to die because like what's happened is it's become like the the pulpits come become politicized. You know what I'm saying? Well, certainly. I mean, I mean it's kind of <laughs> kind of always room. Um, I mean, you well, know. here's the thing. It's on like, here's what happened. Okay. So like in the 50s and 60s, it was like all the way ramped up, right? And then they kind of stepped back for a couple of decades. And then it comes, and then Reagan. as soon as Trump came in, the game completely changed. Like, well, it starts with Reagan, be... really. The evangelicals like weren't a political yeah, yeah. Uh, you yeah, know, you. population yeah. that was targeted by politicians um, until until Reagan, really. Yeah. But, but then, I mean, yeah, you're right. Like Trump. It went from like a, a 60 to like an 80 with Trump. Yeah. But like I was actually, I actually used to be pretty religious, pretty big conservative. Uh, I was actually, I was dumb and I was uh, <laughs> wanting to to get into politics and work for a pro-life uh, lobby Oof. and a, a yeah. lobby that prays for the Supreme Court. But, uh, and this, this guy is, he's one of the most honest pr- Christians I know, ironically, which is really ironic compared to some of the stuff I know about him. But uh, I remember I went to him in about 2012, the year Romney ran. And uh, he's like, okay, uh, you want to work for me? You know, get a, co- get a couple more semesters in school. And then here's where you apply and stuff. And uh, I had to take a semester off and some other stuff happened. So by the time I'm coming back around, it's 2015. And he's like, don't even worry about it. I'm shutting down my lobby that I've had for 30 years. And then he starts breaking down how, like, uh, Trump's people were going into, like, these pro-abortion lobbies and these 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 meetings with, like, church leaders who, mm-hmm. like, they don't necessarily tell you to vote for Trump or whatever, but they tell you to vote for conservative values, you know, and that's yeah. typically what it's been. Well, and when and, you've only got two parties to go to, right? Right. Like, it's, it, it's but what not was happening, to... yeah, what was happening is... Trump was telling them to be like, 
hella dishonest. And I mean, like, too dishonest for them to where, like, they're out. And what he was trying to do was basically, right from the jump, ostracize anyone who wasn't just 100% behind him. So now what you're seeing, you know, all these big churches, you know, rallying behind him, it's because they've gotten access to, you know, them, all these fundraisers. I mean, they've gotten all these kickbacks. And so now the church is just like this this apparatus, like an even bigger one for the Republican Party. And like the the moral ones, the ones that have any any sense are either like leaving the church or being pushed to the side. Hmm. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot. Yeah, you know, I think you're you're yeah. you're focusing on something that, that I think is is interesting. Like there is a lot going on over the past mm-hmm. very, relatively short period of time, five, four or five years. Uh, in that whole area where there's like, it's more politicized, there's more power, there's more right. interest. Um, but then this is like coinciding with like young people in general and the, yeah. the younger generation just in general being more disengaged and disinterested in religion. And well, so it's, it's also like, because like our parents made us go and then like we'd have to go home and they weren't who they said they were at church. And then there's all the like the molestation <laughs> that no one said anything about. Yeah, all those things. All yeah. These- yeah, yeah, all these people are in leadership doing like the most <laughs> up things and just nothing happening to them. Yeah. You'll also notice that, you know, the people calling for this proposition, you know, the churches that were all about, oh, they're coming after our, you know, constitutional rights, they weren't the sensible churches. The sensible churches said, okay, no, we're going to stay home. We're going to have online services. It's going to be fine. And then, like, the churches where you're, I'm like 80% sure all the Karens that were spitting on people when the social distancing God, first started. About I'm pretty sure they went to these churches because they were like, they're after our freedoms. And then, you know, Greg Abbott and the Republicans is like, oh my God, they're after our money. We need a wedge issue. Yeah, man. So, okay, this is, we're getting we super are. off topic. Um, yeah, sorry. Should, that's sorry. okay. My, guy, my bad. No, that's all good. It's pod, <laughs> podcasts and tangents. I mean, they can't, they just go hand in hand, but, um, but you know, I think this is actually a really interesting topic, but I, it's just, I just want to, <laughs> I was like, man, I could say a ton about that, but then we're going to be even more. I'm actually um, surprised that was no. only 62%, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. So let's, so let's look at, let's look at the Tarrant County stuff. So the, essentially, like everything passed, just spoiler alert, listener. Um, mm. if you didn't already know, I know we're like two weeks after the elections, anyways. But one thing that bothered me before I go even any further yep. is all of these publications, which there's not a lot covering this stuff, first of all, but the ones that are, are only covering the preliminary results. And these are like, well, these are the results the night of or the morning after. And it's like they're not the official confirmed results because it's like no one ever cares, I guess, weeks later when they're actually official and no one I ever writes about it. Percent of people turned out because it's like it's a it's a local election. Almost. I don't think there was any candidates. This is just. Yeah, no, know, it was all it was all ballot prop. initiatives. And yeah, prop. but it's an odd number year, which always has lower turnout. I don't know why, but it does. I think it's because even number of years usually have happen also have to coincide with either a, a Senate so, election or a presidential election. So you've got more of a reason to be there. I wish I, maybe I can pull it up while, while we're talking. Um, if I had the, right. cause I remember we covered the numbers for November. Um, I don't, I don't remember them, but I know we've got them somewhere. Um, for yeah, Tarrant County, one of the articles. Yeah. For, for Tarrant County, for this election, even though like it's all the stuff you're saying, um, there was a uh, hundred thousand people that turned out. Um, and so that's, it was 8.27%, which is still, of course, low. We're always complaining about how low it is, like less than 10%. 
Um, mm-hmm. But in comparison to the turnout for the midterm, I'm uh, not not midterm. Excuse me. Um, the Special runoff, election. the runoff for the mayor, the mayoral election. Um, oh yeah. We had, and I guess that's city of Fort Worth, not Tarrant County. Um, but for that, there was sixty thousand that turned out. Um, and so now we got a hundred thousand. That's a little more than that, I guess. We're widening it to the county, so it should be. That's still pretty bad, I guess. Now that I'm thinking about that. Um, Tarrant County is about two million. Fort Worth is just under one billion. Yeah, yeah. But still, you know what's sad about that is that I'm pretty sure that that turnout was like a record turnout too. Yeah, for the mayoral one, <laughs> it was a record turnout. Um. So yeah, I I mean, so what what was to remind the listener, what was being voted on for Tarrant County, um, was these bond, uh, these uh infrastructure bond initiatives essentially. Um, and so it's like, okay, $400 million for transportation was approved. Uh, and so we're going to be spending that money, hopefully getting, you know, getting some benefits and results, uh, on our city infrastructure on rather the county infrastructure, which we need like really bad. Um, so that's good. And then on the, so in, for Fort Worth, there was Fort Worth ISD bonds. There was four of them, uh, and all four of them passed as well. So now there's a $1.2 billion that's going to be spent here in the city of Fort Worth. Um, so our Fort Worth ISD rather. So I'm glad about that. We certainly need it. We need as all the money we can get. And that's the whole, that's the, like the crappy thing about how like. Are you talking about that one $2.2 billion Fort Worth ISD bond? Or am I looking at yes. something else right now? Yeah. Okay. That's the one. It wasn't all of them. Three other of them failed, but the three that failed kind of needed to fail in a weird way. Well, so I'm actually mixed now because I just read that it's like, this hasn't been updated since the 60s. So. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm glad that this one, this seems to be the most important one, the one that passed. Hey, yeah. So you're right. Proposition B, C, um, and D failed. That's correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the $1.2 billion for the renovation of all the district's middle schools and the construction of one new elementary school. Um, do you have any kind of inside, like, look at the um the need for a school specifically in benbrook sosa uh i mean so that's the thing the isds function as their own jurisdictions um outside of any other jurisdictional entity um so the school districts sprawl all over the place and they're often in multiple cities um right so they're if if the district line is in Benbrook, which I believe it is somewhere, then they can build a school over there in, in their line. Um, and so Benbrook's, Benbrook's its own city. Yes. And so that's the confusing okay. thing here in DFW. Uh, most, if most, if our listeners are from here, uh, maybe don't know that this isn't how it is everywhere <laughs> where we have these little bitty municipalities that are like inside of Fort Worth, for instance. So you've mm-hmm. got your Sampson park, over off Jacksboro Highway, you've got your, uh, oh, what's the one that I drive through to get to school over off Crowley Road um, mm-hmm. off of south of 20? There's another a very small, very, very small municipality that's just like a mile or two big. Uh, they're their own little thing. So Benbrook is, you know, for all intents and purposes, it's within the, it's like Fort Worth, but it's just southwest enough that it's its own area. Uh, it's yeah. its own city and everything. Um, but the, a lot of people who live in Benbrook, you know, work in Fort Worth and their kids go to Fort Worth schools. Um, and so I think, I'm, I think Western Hills is the closest one we've got. 
I'm I'm gonna get the number wrong. It's like 26 high schools or something like that. It's around that number. It might be might be over 30. Um, so I'm not. Ex- I don't know where they all are located or anything. Right. But Western Hills, I believe, was the one that they would be going to. So getting a new one wouldn't be a bad thing. I mean, to me, like Proposition B. I guess I I, I just skimmed this over when I when I grabbed these links the other day. I was mistaken thinking that they all passed. I'm kind of bummed that we that B failed. People voted against getting a fine arts facility. We don't have one in the city. Like we don't have one. Um, so this isn't just for renovating. This is literally just for getting one. Um, that kind of segues me to another thing. That kind of sucks. Um, I was reading the same article. And if you're listening, this is from NBC. Yeah. But it's a quote from F. Fort Worth ISD Superintendent Kit Scribner. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the critics were criticizing the district's focus on physical infrastructure rather than improving low academic achievement. What he's yeah. saying is, you know, essentially, he says the last batch of reliable ballot data shows that there's a strong increase in academics. And he's basically speaking in favor of it, saying, you know, new facilities will impact things positively. And I got to say, you know, coming from a small town at first it kind of sounded like my superintendent for principal because it sounded like, you know, they were trying to sell everyone on looking good on these big auditoriums, but they weren't really doing anything educationally. And there's no, and then if there's no fine arts facility in Fort Worth. I mean, the schools just have of, their auditorium, right? Every school has their own, but there's not like, like if you drive out to like Middle Othean, they got a big yeah. ass fine arts facility out there, you know, where all the schools yeah. just have their huge things there. Um, and, you know, a lot of this, you go outside to the suburbs or beyond, like that's how a lot of those school districts operate. They got these really right. nice, big, single, singular facilities. Um, we've got like so a couple of. Can you tell of, me what the performance, know. the the actual academic performance in Fort Worth ISD is like, or is that? Yeah, I mean that that stuff's publicly okay. available. Too. I didn't, I don't have it in front of me at this moment, but I mean, yeah, with that stuff, they send that stuff out every year because parents are always wanting to know about which schools in the district are best and blah blah. blah. Districts are always trying to compare, you know, the size of of their nuts to yeah. each other. It's 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 a it's a whole thing. Um, so I mean, it's it's not great compared to HEB, compared mm-hmm. to you know Birdville, uh, Eagle Mountain, Saginaw. We're we're not bad. Fort Worth ISD is not bad. Um, some schools in Fort Worth ISD aren't great. Um, but it, it's it's decent. But I mean, like, this is a separate, maybe a slightly separate thing. And I don't know. Facilities impact and influence learning. Um, like the quality of the building that you're getting your learning in has an impact on how much you're learning. And let alone the quality, that, that can be things like, you know, just on a mental thing, if you're a young person and your building is crumbling, um, that like on a subliminal message, like on a, on a subconscious level just shows like, okay, this is, this is how much I'm valued by society. Obviously they're not thinking about it that way. Right. But there's a, there's a little thing on the more, um, like concrete example, like air quality, for instance, like if, if you have a building that's old and poorly ventilated, um, if your CO2 levels are high, those kids aren't learning anything. Um, yeah. you know, and so like stuff like that, they, and there's all, all sorts of, like I did my master's thing, like on the environments of classrooms. That was what my research was on. Um, and so like, that's kind of like, I'm a, I'm a, I try to make my classroom for my students like as chill and as comfy as possible. I got neon lights and I got fans. I got Christmas lights everywhere. I got jazz music playing. And they, they can just do whatever. I don't get up in their stuff if it's before school or during lunch or whatever. And they bring in their friends and they hang out or whatever. 
But like I do that because them feeling safe and comfortable in my room benefits me as a teacher because then when I'm actually trying to teach them something, their minds are open because they're there. And they're going to listen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so like that's just in my own classroom. But you can extrapolate those little things to a district wide level. And it's just like having nicer facilities like will go <laughs> some way uh, into students feeling more invested in by their district and like also feeling more invested in their stuff when their stuff is nice. You know, you feel more yeah part of it. Right. Um, and so, I how's don't know. The, how's the school lunches over there? Is it still they're not free? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wish they were. They uh, they. They are, I said, I take that back. They are temporarily for this year. Um, and they were over COVID. Breakfast has been free for a while, but the lunches, or maybe they're not. Maybe it was just doing COVID. Maybe they're back to regular now. My kids just go across the street to Brahms anyway. They, they, <laughs> they don't, they don't care. None of them want to eat the cafeteria food anyways. But I guess well, I'm, it sounds I'm, like they probably should have voted yes on these on these props then. Yeah, and that's what I was, so I got Prop C lost, and it said uh, a million for construction, acquisition, equipment of stadiums in the district. Which, like, man, bro, our stadiums were built in the 1940s. Like, come on, like, can we please get and like they're selling the field and again Clark, they're selling Clark Stadium over there off of uh, University and Seventh Street, like the old stadium over there. Um, mm -hmm. uh, that's. So I don't know what they're gonna do with that. I don't know who's gonna buy it. I'd be it. afraid to sit on the on, on the on the bleachers over there. I feel like the like the the steel would like rust through. Yeah, that was built by the Works Project know? Administration. Like that's that's <laughs> Depression era thing that gave people jobs here in the area. Um, so we need yeah we need to update that. Sorry, I guess that seems. And I remember being a Burleson person where sports was everything. When we got our brand new stadium, my senior year, I was pissed um that we spent all that money on that because i was in theater and we didn't get dick um but i don't know it's texas bro unless you're yeah. playing football you're taking my high school my robotics team took state and like dead ass they took the funding from that and put in our new computers and new new uh uniforms for the football team yep nothing for the robotics team of course and that of course <laughs> and that's it's priorities so i guess we're not getting that stuff too which again like fort worth isd teams aren't great um the surrounding area have have all the have all the great teams um and so it's like the inner city is not so much so i guess understanding sport i don't know i can see maybe why that's not the priority for some people but our our kids play their hearts out and they wish we were good it's demoralizing for them to be on a you know what bad it is team. people didn't know enough about it they were not because not everyone's you're not there isn't a single person i know like even policy majors who are just on top of this stuff 24 7 Okay, this is why I think we still need those. In this is, you know, another reason I think we need those information booths because I feel like if you had someone there explaining yeah, to them what yeah. this prop is for and why people need it, I think you, I think would pass. Yeah, it would have passed easy. But I don't know. Yeah, and, that's, and, yeah. and the background too, because like if people don't know what the situation is, then like it's easy to be like, oh come on, like surely the sports teams have plenty of, of money. Do they really mm. need new stadiums? Yeah. You know, but like if unless unless you know the actual state of the stadiums, you know? Exactly. I mean it's easy to to look over down to Alito, you know, just a couple of miles away or whatever, and like they got all this super nice stuff. It's a lot of a lot of districts in the area nearby uh that have all this really nice stuff. And so it may be easy to assume Fort Worth must have those things too. Um but we actually we just don't. We don't have a lot of we don't have a lot of nice stuff. Uh, and so I don't know. I get it though. I get the skepticism one because they had to put on it that it was going to raise taxes, even though it wasn't. Right. So I get that. We talked about that. Um, mm -hmm. but then also like, 
there is corruption in Fort Worth ISD. Like, I'm not going to pretend like Fort Worth ISD is, is going to be doing, you know, everything the right way with the money that we give them or whatever. But still, the people who all that money should be for at the end of the day is is the students, the, the young people. And like, that's really what all of these decisions should be about. And that's what I'm learning more and more and quicker and quicker about education in general is that like the actual thoughts and feelings of the young people are not considered, uh, are not part of any sort of equation when it comes to any decision making in education. And it it's kind of infuriating. Sorry. I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll, <laughs> Uh, we'll move on. I think I hit that, it. That I is a really good subject there. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot to say on that. Anyways, anyway, so I guess continuing with education, Thomas, I feel like you were the one that had a lot to to, to talk about in regards to Colleyville and the principal and his resignation. Um, oh yes, over the uh, over the CRT. Yes. Yeah. Um, let me pull that up. So what? James Whitfield is his name. And there's kind of he's been in the news back and forth for the past, I don't know, a couple of months. Um, you know, I've been kind of, I, I'd love to say sit here and say I'm surprised, but there's nothing about this story that makes me even relatively. I'm going to go ahead and put it in discord from the Texas Tribune for you guys. But uh, there's nothing about this story that makes me surprised. Even remote. Oh, you already did it. All right. So <laughs> You're good, baby. It's all gravy, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know there's there's nothing about this that makes me surprised um and i've been surprised like today i did not think julius jones was gonna live i'm super happy about it but this is a clear case uh you have a guy who finally got into the position you probably had people who didn't want him in there to begin with mm-hmm. so they were looking for any little thing i don't even think he was teaching the classes no i mean <sighs> And that's the thing. Like, no one's teaching critical race theory at high school. And again, like, I, no one's defining what it is. I challenge, yeah, purpose. anybody to tell me what the they don't the, what it unless is. Unless you're, yeah, literally, unless you're teaching their particular brand of revisionist history. Unless you're teaching their particular brand of revisionist history, um, they're going to come after you. Yeah, one time. Exactly. Ellen, you have to go. Exactly. <laughs> Aw. Special guest. Yeah. She's got oh, some thoughts. She just gave me the saddest look in the world, too. Oh. Oof. Oh, no. She's, she's sick and she hurt her knees, guys. So, Aww. you know, say, say a prayer for Ellen. Absolutely. Yeah, she's been attached to me, so that's probably why she's, she's coming out of here. I, I'm, her, I'm her emotional support uncle. Aw. That's good. Being a good uncle. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, anyways, if you guys are wondering, um, you know, there are this, this critical race theory stuff, they've been trying to ban it. And I don't think it was really an, uh, an issue before the GOP brought it up. And I think it's just a way of attacking social studies classes because what's been happening is people have been going to school and learning and that's a problem for them yeah okay like there's a reason why rural schools that rural areas that have like a really big republican base they didn't get funding for education either that was by design they didn't want people looking at, at the history books going, oh well grandpa was an asshole my bad bro they didn't want that 
And this is kind of a, a return to that is what we're seeing. So you have this gen gentleman, Mr. James Woodfield, and he was put on a pay on paid leave about a month after being accused of, of teaching critical race theory. And they're saying that his future could soon be, and this is as of September 18th, so if there's an update, my bad. But his future could soon be decided after an evidentiary hearing where he can argue his case to the school board. And I'm not liking his chances, man. Yeah. So this is from June of 2020. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. He's been in the news for a hot minute. So there's a few articles. I sent us an older one and an updated one because he there was a there was a an update. So we've got November 10th. Uh, he resigns to end fight over whether he was teaching critical race theory or not. So he just kind of gave up on this whole, you know, fight. Uh, and kind of, it says the quote kind of from him in regards to this whole, whole thing. Where'd it go? Now I lost it. I was looking right at it. I would have kept um, fighting it. But I can't imagine what he's going through. I can't imagine the pressure, you know? Yeah. There's no telling what they're doing. I okay, mean, so this is the first time that I'm uh, looking over this article, actually, I I didn't have time to read it beforehand. And am I correct in in understanding that this is literally all over an email that he wrote, and not any actual actions? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Just high school's packing. first black principal, by the way. Yeah, he's the first black principal, wrote a letter to the community during the summer of 2020 detailing how hurt he was over the deaths of three black Americans, George Floyd in Minnesota, Breonna Taylor in Kentucky, and Ahmaud Arbery in Georgia. In the ensuing days, Whitfield found himself at the center of the debate over how racist taught in Texas schools. He received a disciplinary letter from the district a few weeks later and was placed on administrative leave soon after that. And it's just because he's black. And because he spoke in support of the Black Lives Matter movement. That's not critical race theory again. Um, not that anybody cares, yeah. <laughs> but that's that it, just, it's just that's it's, literally just free speech. Well, you know what this really is? And I hate to I hate to point this out. Uh, this is cancel culture. This mm -hmm. is they're just canceling him. Uh, but it's conservatives canceling, you know, it's the other way around. Coach, essentially. It's not cancel culture unless conservatives are the ones being canceled. Okay. Yeah. I mean, why can't I say racist things about Asians anymore? What's what's this country coming to? What's next? Socialism? And so I mean, like, it's Ugh. all the criticisms, all the people who criticize cancel culture and say, oh, people don't have free speech and blah, 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 blah. Um what what do you have to say about this? Because it's the exact same thing. Um, this this and he didn't wasn't do even, anything. He wasn't even saying anything controversial they said he no. was encouraging the disruption and disruption of our of our district but i mean the thing is it sounds like he was just you know expressing condolences in a hard time yeah he didn't do anything like, wrong we were still in the streets at that time bro like by the hundreds yeah mm -hmm. and yeah so you know this is just a, an attempt to silence somebody they succeeded they drug it off long enough that he just finally gave up um, which is terrible. They ruined this guy's career because he spoke out. <laughs> so this is again, this is an example. Me. This if is I him, I'd have made them fire me. Yeah, I mean, and that's there's so many. I don't want rules. 
uh, on what because they're because of teachers unions, not that teachers unions are very strong. Um, but because they exist, there are certain things you have to have certain amount of things, certain amount of documentation, uh, to be able to actually outright fire somebody. Um, so they, which is probably why the only reason is getting an evidentiary hearing mm -hmm. instead of them just firing off the bat. Yeah. So this is support you know, your unions, kids. Yeah, no, absolutely. I wish, I wish we would. So there's been success on the union front lately. The U, uh, I can't remember the acronym for the, 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 John Deere workers, but the 10,000 John Deere workers, uh, who had been on strike they for the past, they won, they won solidarity with those guys. They, they mm -hmm. rejected a bad deal. They rejected, uh, breaking up and adding a new tier of, of employees. Um, and they got some higher wages. So good, good. Uh, Kellogg's is still at it. Yeah. And then, yeah, there's going to be, there's going to continue to be more. Starbucks is trying to unionize right now. Solidarity to Starbucks. What I'm hoping is we're seeing a comeback of the unions. Like all the young people are just like, now nah, we're together. You got to fire one of us. You got to fire all of us. Yeah. That's what I want to see. Yeah. Okay. But that's not where I don't want, again, I don't want to go on another tangent. I want to make sure <laughs> hopefully we can get through all this with Buffalo, New York's unionizing. Isn't quite in our, uh, quite in our purview. No, but, no, it's yeah. not. But we're, just, we're, we're very passionate. About but yeah, solidarity though, solidarity with you guys. Solidarity all the way. Uh, yeah. so, so Thomas, did you? Uh, Rose and I were talking a second ago. I, we, I was going to say, were we on the air? We had to have been. We were we on the air the whole time. Um, <laughs> about Denton, about the school thing, yeah. the or the library thing rather, in Denton. Thomas, did you get a chance to check out that? Um, link? I've did been, we talk like, about that yet? Skimming and watching children all day. I don't think I remember hearing something about that. I don't okay. think we talked about so it. So it's the it's a there was a public statement that again, I get a lot of this stuff from Reddit, the, the Texas subreddit, the Denton, the Fort Worth subreddits. Um, there was yeah. a protest. Is so, this Sarah on Discord or Signal? Uh, it's in the Discord it, and it's just a PDF link. There wasn't okay. like a headline that goes with it, but mm -hmm. it it is essentially just a demonstration like the the it's the pdf is in response to it's the library the city of denton writing an official statement in regards to the protest that ruined an event at one of their public libraries so essentially these people so we talked last episode i believe it was last episode about matt kraus going on his book hunt uh 850 books uh and calling up all the school districts in texas asking them hey you got these 850 books um that was riling up some people I guess. I mean, obviously it was around some people, but like they were organizing uh, and setting up protests and, and watching all the stuff. And so they just, they heard that the library in Denton was holding some sort of trans event. And so they wanted to crash it. Uh, and that's essentially what they did. But like, this is a children's, this is a library. Uh, and it was yeah. like a children's event. Um, and I did see that. Yeah. And so like it, uh, it's a really bad look i think for these people when the city is having to write a two-page letter like explaining about like why that was all wrong and why they misunderstood the purpose of the event and how they should maybe like read some of the stuff that <laughs> uh you know that uh, some of the information about what they're they're busting in on before maybe they go bust in on it and yeah i don't know it's just uh it's just to me it was interesting i just wanted to bring up again denton's not really in our purview either but it's more local but like we right. were literally talking about the libraries and the library books, and now it's well, like here's, here's people. Matt, Matt Krause is isn't he over Fort Worth now? Yeah, he is one of yeah. He's one of the state reps. He's not mine, but yeah, he's he's somewhere. I don't I don't think it's a lot of. You Fort got Worth. BC right? 
Yeah, I got uh, VC is my my U.S. rep. I got Ramon Romero Jr. as my state rep. Got you. Yeah, um, I'm not sure where the district boundaries are for that off top, but so I don't know. What what do y'all? I mean, since uh, you know, we're not going to read the whole thing online again, listener, please. I, I I encourage you to go read this letter from Denton because it's a pretty pretty good one as far as like official city documents go. Um, Dude, it's just. It's- it's a little depressing when they have to do this. And the only reason they're doing it is because they got bad press. That's the only reason. You've got enough college kids in Denton. It's not enough to actually change an election, but it is enough to where, like, if they if someone is too ignorant, they basically got to write an apology letter about it. But still, it's like, I don't even think they were actually apologizing here. No, the city's not apologizing. They're just essentially saying, so I'll read a little bit of it so we can just get a little... Uh... So what is the event? It kind of says like halfway down on the first page. What is the event? Contrary to inaccurate information being spread, this event is not focused on teaching children about gender identity or anything relating to sex or sexual orientation. It is certainly not, as some have claimed, indoctrinating children into a transgender way of life. The story time features books about families, friendship, and being yourself. It is its intent is to provide an inviting atmosphere for families to hear stories together, featuring books focused on self-acceptance, learning and friendship. And it goes on and on and on. Um, and yeah. So maybe one of those books had something to do with someone, you know, some sort of, I guess, non-conforming, not, I don't know, whatever, not vibing with these people, I guess. So they had to random people sprayed. I don't know. I don't know if I, y'all have anything canceled, to say. They canceled it, it right? Uh, yeah. So your Denton Public Library canceled, which is for safety reasons, <laughs> like because you can't. This is indoctrination, yeah. if you think about it, because what it's trying to do with Rainbow Storytime, what they're doing, <laughs> all they're doing is saying, <laughs> "Hey, these are human beings. It's okay to respect them." Yeah. That is why they are mad. Yeah. So I don't know. That happened. Um, yeah. we, we've got we've got a couple more uh, to hit before we wrap. Looking this thing at up. these books that were like the the books that they were planning on on reading during the story time is so sad because they're literally just books about like um not even people but like one of one of them's a person one of them's a little animal creature and one of them's a crayon and they're just like they're just you know little characters who are like i can be whoever i want and that's like the point yep (laughs) that's like all the books Yep. and people freaked out and said no you can't you have to fit into the boxes we made for you and literally like protested this to the point that like they had to cancel it due to safety at a child's event for ages two. I'm not going to gonna lie. This is, this is straight fascism. When you've got like, that many people getting upset about people being accepted in society. Yeah, man. This is like the most cringe thing ever. It's like, Ugh. it's really bad. Um, I don't know. It made me want to cry when you said that. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah th- but that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So, I don't uh, Yeah, we got a I, long way to go. I like Denton's statement. Um, they, they stuck by, you know, that they weren't like, oh, sorry, y'all don't want that heard. You know, they yeah. were like, they were like, we encourage you to read these books because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you're being crazy about this. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, so I did appreciate that at least. I hope that they are able to have the event. Yeah. I hope so too. Apparently, I guess they do it yearly. There's a couple of these events that are similar events that they do. But yeah. I I I the thing that makes me really mad is like, have you looked at the I'm sorry to get off topic a little bit, but have you looked at the uh the statistics for like assault towards trans transgender people? Well, it's really bad oh, it's this terrible. year. Yeah. Yeah, because that's here how this happens. Year, you know, like what you was it Malaysia Booker out in Dallas, she got murdered. Like literally, like she got attacked. And then, like, a month later, she was, like, she became an activist for it, and then they killed her. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And that was in, the thing that, that that gets me is that was, like, downtown Greenville Avenue, like, really, really close to the da- to the to the gay district in Dallas. Yep. This mm-hmm. is a um, long, you know, one event in a long series of events that have kind of been on the same trend, where it's just, like, now we're just hopefully we're more aware of it. Hope the listener, you know, you you two are with us more aware of all these things so we can like make mm. the future better now knowing this stuff. Um don't take don't take your kids to to the the Denton Library to, to help protest Rainbow Story Time. Take your kids to yeah. listen to Rainbow Story Time. Yeah. Don't yeah, be that old sound great. Here's your goal, okay? Don't be that that old person in that old photo that's shown hating somebody. In a history book, twenty years from now, don't be that person. Yep. So I guess just we don't even have to read anything, but just just bring up the topic. The story is down below in the doobly doo. Uh, Aaron Dean finally has a trial date, uh, January tenth. So, yeah, we'll probably come back for that to cover that. Hopefully, they don't put <laughs> that off again. That's this guy should already be in jail. I'm just gonna say he should already be in jail at least for manslaughter. Yeah, this if yes. not murder. You know, it's been over two years. And honestly, I, I still I'm still appalled that he even got hired. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so, yeah, I don't know. At least this ball's rolling. Right. Like, we. yeah, I mean, that was one of the demands of a lot of the protesters last that was a summer. Big, that was a big, <laughs> was, big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Was that he, you know, actually get a trial. <laughs> That's why I started protesting because I couldn't. I had problems explaining to my nephew, hmm. actually both of them, about like what happened to Atiana, you know? Yeah. About that whole deal. I'm like, all right, I can't just sit here and do nothing when I'm trying to teach them, you know, to be the good in the world. I have to get out there, and then here we are. Um, but yeah. So twenty-seven he's got a months. That's happy. Twenty-seven, 27 months. months after he killed her. I will bet you she would be a doctor by now Ugh. had she still been alive. Here's an interesting... I could have gotten my new health insurance and gone to see Dr. Jefferson, but no. So, I missed this when I read this earlier. Chris Nettles is a witness. He's, what? He's, what? He's sworn in as a witness. Three witnesses, including Fort Worth City Council member Chris Nettles and his district director, Sally Matson, were also sworn in on Tuesday. They were expected to testify. Interesting. Yeah. I like Nettles just getting in the thick of it. Yeah. I really like this dude. <laughs> he's 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 been a breath of fresh air and forth because every time I look around, Nettles is always like getting in there. He's he reminds me a lot of Devon Allen. 
uh, on the mm. Tarrant County Commissioner's mm. Court. My, my Tarrant County Commissioner. I'm sorry about the rest <laughs> of y'all. Mine's better than yours. Um, I'm a big fan. I'm sorry. No, it's great. I wish more people were like that. Like, oh, but no, buy, buy's the better one. No, but most people don't know who the who theirs is. <laughs> you you has yours showed up an entire you know county court of old white dudes because mine has it was it was amazing anyways um let's get let's end it on a happy note yeah let's go to that yeah i'm super psyched about this so that's good uh, yeah. well, i don't know if, we got one more thing to talk about i don't know if this one's happened so yeah uh check out the guardian article about the, all the gerrymandering we we spent, we spent a lot of time multiple episodes talking about gerrymandering so we can move on uh, to that one but wait, 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 we got did you already say the Beto thing without me nope that's what we were getting to that was it. Yeah. That's it right there. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. Yes. So I know you. I know you were you were really, really ready for this. You called it a while ago. So mm-hmm. oh, oh, thank yeah. God. I'm already so, so you just have to help him help him win because you've got too many people like, oh, this guy. And the thing is, like what I love about this is I know if I know Beto, he's gonna go to every single county and he's gonna talk to his haters, you know. And he's 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 going to win some of them over, and some of the the Republicans are going to have to rethink their stuff because they're like, he isn't anything like I was told he'd be. But see, so he's so it's he's, different this time around. I don't know what were you going to say, Liz. I was going to say he's he launched his campaign Monday morning. He announced that he's running for governor, and he's already been on the road since then. Yeah, he's hit three different places. Yeah, and to. and is scheduled to visit another one. Uh, oh, I guess that was yesterday. So he's hit four different places already. So, um, oh, he's been on the road before since, that. He was just going through Texas registering everybody. Well, that's true. Yeah, he's been doing a lot the whole time, but yeah. the officially the as his campaign. Else. Yeah, and that's um, one thing they were talking. So apparently, when been he, since Monday, when he was running against Cruz uh, in 2017, he started that campaign almost like two thirds of a year before he's starting this one, which I thought was weird. Like he got a super super. He almost had like a year and a half head start or something. Um, for that election, and I guess he doesn't need to get the name recognition now because a lot more people know who Beto is after he ran for president. Um, well, he kind of has been. He's been going to the sticks too. I have some friends out in Emory, Texas, which I think has like less than a thousand people. It's way out out there, and uh, he was still going door to door, registering to people to vote. And he posted about it. But I checked with some people I know over there, and they they're like, "No, he was at our house." You know what, man? Why doesn't he? Oh my gosh! So. I think I might have said this on the air before. I went and saw him. He spoke at a, a, a Benbrook. He it was supposed to be the Benbrook Middle School, and they changed they changed locations on Beto at the last minute. So like all the people mm-hmm. who were on his mailing list and supporters and stuff were like going to the Benbrook. I think it was middle school. It might have been high school. Um, to go see him, and then we get there, and they're like, "Nope, it's not here." The city of Benbrook or the or the school district was like, "No, you can't. We're not hosting Beto." Essentially. So he had to like scramble. Well, they didn't tell him till last second. Yeah, yeah, they didn't tell him till the day of, like right, you know, hours before. So they had to move it to like a Holiday Inn that was somewhere on the west side of Fort Worth. But I don't remember where we went. But anyways, I asked him uh, in the Q and A, what was the one issue that he was not willing to budge on? Um, and he thought about it for a minute. He said it was a good question, and he said women's reproductive rights. And mm-hmm. he had, and I, I was, it was a good answer. Um, but I, he hadn't really talked about it very much up to that point. That was when he was still running for Senator. Um, and I was like, mm-hmm. well, good. That's a, if that's your, if you're going to have one thing that you're not going to budge on, like that's, that's a good one to have. And I was like, why didn't he talk about that more? And like now 
after he's been talking about taking everybody's guns away and stuff, like, why aren't you talking about women's reproductive rights more? Like, I feel like <laughs> that's an issue that would sell really well. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that he's against it or anything, but like, I haven't heard him talking about that stuff. Have you guys? Like, maybe I just missed it. I've been taking, a been taking a lot of media about this type of stuff, mm -hmm. to be mm -hmm. honest. Kind of. I'm kind of the same boat. I had to do some mental health stuff, but yeah, sure, sure. You know, he's been he's been pretty hardcore on the on the whole voter rights thing. Yeah, like, voting rights. Like I said, I made the, I met this guy on a day they were voting on That's open right. carry. He was not there for open carry. He was there for the voter suppression bill to yep. take against. Big on know. the voting rights. So he wants you to have the right to vote. Gun rights. He's been really outspoken about gun rights. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's 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 uh, it's been outspoken about you know border things, immigration. So it's like, I don't, I, I, be outspoken about that, which is great. I'm not complaining any about that stuff, but it's like, be outspoken about the women's rights too. I feel like that would sell well if you're worried mm -hmm. about recovering your image um, for Texans, which I think it's safe to say that he is, right? Like, it's certainly, he's going to have to do a lot of work, I think, to make up for the fact that he is going to take people's guns away. He's still saying it, by the way. He's not like, He's not like not saying it anymore. He's still doubling down. Like, no, no, no. I mean it. I, I am uh, AR 15s Yeah. His best quality is his Achilles heel. Heel. Okay. He's not doing what most politicians do, and like like changing their image and compromising their values to get elected. He's like, no, no, no. If I go in, I want you. I want to be straight up from the jump. Here's what I'm doing. Yeah. You and, know what I'm yeah. saying? For better or worse, I Which, suppose. I don't. Yeah. Uh, to me, that's just like, not that I'm saying you should not be who you, you know, stick to your values, but you can, you can stick to your values and have good political instincts too. And it's like, yeah. okay, dude, if you want to take people's guns away, like fine, just quit talking about it. Like quit talking about it, dude. Like th that's not, about McConaughey? that's not the issue that you should be running on. Um, I he's not officially running yet. Yeah, is he's he? not, no, he's no, not, but he's still talking about it. Like he is though. He's doing more interviews. And still dancing <laughs> around the run. question. Like, so he's either right he's running for governor run. or has a new movie coming out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what you're saying. So, okay, let's let's play this game. So, okay, for pretend they're all three running. Abbott, Beto, McConaughey. What happens? Like, what is what are the what, what, what does that look like? What are the results? Who who's splitting who's vote? It can't be Abbott. It it can't be. I mean, he has made so many people mad in the past two yeah, years. Yeah, I think if it's the three of them, definitely not Abbott. Yeah, it's going to become. I feel like another another Republican's going to run. Well, yeah, there's a few Republicans at, running at, against like, him on the. Like, on the I feel like there's going to be a, a stronger Republican candidate. So we have Don Huffines. Uh, Don Huffines is is going to try and primary him, uh, and he's a well-known name in the area. He has a billboard. He's probably got a few billboards, but there's one that down, down in Burleson that I see when I'm visiting my parents. Uh, and it's like, vote for a real Republican or something like that. Like he's calling himself a real conservative, a real Republican, that Abbott is not a real conservative. And so me and Amber were kind of talking about what that meant. I thought it meant he was trying to distance himself from Trump. You know, being like, well, I'm not queuing on, like I'm a real Republican. Um, but and maybe maybe Trump isn't the best analogy because it looks like he is mad at Abbott for not being right wing enough. And so which is crazy. <laughs> like Abbott's, Abbott's basically been like, uh, tap my head when you come, sir. Like, <laughs> like, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to bend over? Because I, I, I know I'm in a wheelchair, but I'll do it for you, Mr. Trump. 
Like, yeah, yeah. He's 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 pining for either a vice presidential spot, and here's probably what he's going to try to do. If Trump doesn't run for president, Abbott's going to run for president. If Trump runs for president, he's going to try to be the VP nominee. That'd be interesting. Because here's what Republicans do. They know their policies aren't going to be popular forever. They stay there just long enough, and the second they it's, it, they can't win re-election, they're going to run for a higher office. Betsy Price is doing it right now. She wouldn't have won if she she had ran. Yeah. Chill and she's been she'd been stocking up for that for a while. And it was either going to be Tarrant County judge or it was going to be a U.S. House seat. And I think she's in Cade Ranger's district and Cade Ranger mm-hmm. was like, I'm staying. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So, so he's, uh, maybe he's Abbott's, hat trick here. maybe he's gone. Maybe. But like, what does the vote split look like? Like, is it, is it, because because what is McConaughey, right? Like, what would he? Yeah, what, I was about to ask. As? Like, has he? Does what is his political party? He doesn't. He hasn't said. From what I've seen, he says he's a hardcore centrist. Which, yeah, but you can't run right. as an independent. In Texas. Yeah. So what do you? So what are he's you running? Probably going to run as a conservative Democrat. If I had to bet, a blue dog Democrat, one of them blue dogs. <laughs> Sorry, uh, th- th- we yeah, don't even yeah, have those anymore. Dog. Yeah, that, that blue dog Democrats aren't around anymore. I guess you got your Joe Manchin. You could you could call him a blue dog. Um, they actually are. It's just that yeah. like, there's there's like four of them in the house, and then there's like Joe Manchin. There's yeah. like five people total. It's it's pr- pretty much gone though. Yeah. Uh, like, so I mean I. <laughs> I, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, if he runs as a Democrat, then I mean, I feel like he would win, right? Like, I feel like McConaughey is more popular than Beto, right? Yeah. Like, right? Um, yeah. I think I it mean, goes. If I had to be a betting man, I'd say McConaughey probably gets probably about forty five percent, and then. The other two will probably get about twenty or thirty, somewhere around there. So, but and that's so that's what I so I feel like it would benefit Texas or Texans if all three of them ran. I feel like that's the best case scenario um, because I feel like if it's Beto versus Abbott, Abbott's gonna win. Like, I don't I don't see Beto making up all the ground that he wasted during the presidential election, like. I don't know, like what, what, how, what would he, what could he do? What things he could does he leave say? Beto by nine points right now in a hypothetical matchup. McConaughey, which is insane. No, uh, Abbott, which is insane because a couple yeah. months ago it was uh, Beto, Abbott was yeah. like getting beat by both of them, but this is like right after January happened. Yeah, I mean Abbott's not popular, and he's more vulnerable now than he's ever been. And even though that's the case, I'm not convinced that Beto can win. Now, the one thing that occurred to me that maybe could benefit Beto is that if a lot of people just are voting on name recognition alone and are just not as engaged in politics as a lot of people are. Like, if you've just only heard of Beto, but you don't know anything about him, um, that might benefit Beto, right? Uh, It's the thing, though. Conservatives can't shut the hell up. They're making people think that they think they got people thinking Biden's like this gun-toting socialist. They got people thinking Beto's worse. 
Yeah, that's okay. yeah, that's one thing that they were saying so, that Abbott if said. they don't know yeah. besides his name, all they're gonna know is the bullshit they've heard from from Republicans in France, and that's gonna benefit Greg Abbott. That's why Greg Abbott's ahead nine points. Yeah, even though he's literally like been like for infrastructure. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know, I don't know. I'm he just won the last one by like fifty five point eight percent. It was closer than it was in the previous years, but it was still not that close. Um, yeah. And like in in then Beto lost to Cruz. It was a close margin. It was like three percent or something like that. I was looking at it earlier. And yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't a lot. So I mean that that was close. And so that people were saying you could even call his loss a victory because like that's the most Democratic votes that it, anyone had gotten Texas in a long time. And that was a blue. But that was also a blue wave year in 2018. Yeah. yeah. Don't like to say it, but that was a blue wave year. It's yeah. kind of on the. It's it's kind of on the other foot. Like yeah, the way things are going right now, GOP is about to wreck some shop in 2022. Yes. And I don't like that. But that's what's. I mean, that's what always what like happens. Right I mean, so it's just the listener in case you in case. You're, you know, maybe it's your first election cycle or first few election cycles. This is common. Every time an administration takes office, so like we got the Democrat, Biden, there's a new administration. Mm -hmm. The two years after that, the midterm election, the other party surges. Uh, and so that's just that's just kind of how it's been going for a long time. The last big one was for Obama. And when he was elected in 2008, there was a huge Republican surge. This was called the Tea Party surge or Tea Party Republicans. This is when Ted Cruz came into being. Uh, was part of that surge. Uh, Party's now QAnon, basically. Yeah, well, so yeah, now there's a QAnon wing of the party. You know, we'll see that. You're, you know what? You're not wrong. I think those will be the type of candidates that are the ones to do well next year in the midterm. They're like 95 percent of the same people. Like Ted Cruz and Greg Abbott are both all Tea Party. Now they're like all QAnon out, bro. I mean, I plan to your base is one thing. I don't know if I'm sold yeah. that, that Ted Cruz is actually QAnon. Not that it would make him any worse than he already is, but like... I mean, what's worse than being the Zodiac Killer? <laughs> uh, I forgot about that. So, I don't know. It, we got an interesting year ahead of us. We, we got a long, faster, I mean. long year before the election. It'll be next November when the governor election happens in his other spots, but uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how Beto does. There's a year for the governor to keep making mistakes and pissing people off in Texas. And I don't know. Beto could tune up his messaging a little bit. <laughs> I think stop focusing on the thing. That's a bad sell. Like, even if you want that, like just be politically savvy about it. And like, don't scream it right, at the top like, of your lungs. Educate like, people about it more than yeah. just announcing it. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Would you, what y'all have any, any final, um, you know, things to talk about or say before we before we leave our, our great listener base for the for the next few weeks. Please register to vote and please vote <laughs> for Beto. Like I'm I'm not even I'm not even gonna be like, oh, let's be in part. Listen, listen, okay. Um do you remember in January when you couldn't get out of the house and there was no power? That's because of Greg Abbott and Ted Cruz, okay? We need someone sensible with some sort of political experience. And right now that that that's your boy Beto. That is that is your man. True. All right. <sighs> and when you go with Hot Wheels again, Captain Fascist himself, you're gonna have a bad time and we're gonna have a bad time. I mean, yeah, like, I guess yeah. Yeah. have a bad time. Like you can't see my adorable niece, but do you want her to have a bad time? She's gonna cry if if, if Greg Abbott wins. You know what? It makes me mad. It's gonna happen. Realize I'm making yeah. the same argument that we had to make for Biden. 
It's like it's not yeah. the other guy. It's not the other guy, and that's never want the argument you want to be making. Like you, you I think Beto's better than Biden, though. He's more genuine. I well, think. but I mean, I'm just he saying he's a- better than 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 Abbott, and that's all that matters. We were asking the last episode, like, does mm-hmm. it even matter who, who who wins for governor as long as it's not Abbott? And I think we, thing, just, we concluded that it doesn't matter who it is as long as it's you not also Abbott. have to think about. You also have to think about this. Um, when he gets in there, what's he going to be able to do? Because I'll, I'll tell you right now, if Beto wins the election, oh, yeah. he will have won the battle, but he's losing that war. Because we're not going to be, I mean, that's the whole thing. Abbott's overreachings oh, have been because of the pandemic. It's because of the ambiguous wording of the emergency laws we have in Texas. It's giving him this power I, based on interpretation of the law. Yeah, you know what? I take it back. McConaughey needs to run. I think, I think yeah, he can beat both of them. I mean, and here's I think the thing he, though, yeah. his image isn't so publicly soured as a progressive that it's not uh fuck, it's not committing political suicide to agree with him on anything. You know, I think if he's goes in there as a centrist, he can kind of get because some of these Republicans are only being as hardcore conservatives as they can for political rev- relevancy and survival. If McConaughey gets in there. They'll have a little bit of work room to work to work with them. He can get people to the center. I'd hate to I mean, say it'd be it, nice, but McConaughey yeah. might be your best shot. I think he's our savior. <laughs> yeah, I think he's going to be the only shot that we've got to save Texas. I don't think Beto right, can do it by right, himself. All right. <laughs> Keep in I can't mind. Believe I'm saying. I'm this. saying this right now. Beto would be a more capable governor if the House and Senate didn't look different. Yeah, I mean that's I it's it's weird because I remember in middle school my Texas history teacher Mr. Horn telling me that the Texas I think at the time he said the comptroller has the most power in Texas not the governor. Maybe he meant lieutenant governor, maybe he said lieutenant governor. For some reason I think of comptroller. Um and that the Texas, Texas governor constitution is full of yeah, con- the, contradictions. Yeah, that the Texas constitution Texas. is crazy and the governor doesn't have all the power levers. Like like other positions have the levers of power. Uh and I just remember thinking that yeah. was weird. And like it's mostly the governors are compared to presidents and other states, and it's like they're the leader, and it's like, yeah, we have a governor in Texas, but they're not really the governor. And so it's like it's weird because now we have Abbott and he's like doing all of this author- authoritarian stuff, you know, totalitarian, you could say in some of these things. And so it's like we've never seen a governor do this because they've never, I thought, had the power to do these things. So yeah, it, it, I'm curious, you know, Beto, if whoever gets in there. It'll, I'm curious to see what power they'll have because it seems like we're currently in the process of like redeciding that for like how what the precedent mm-hmm. for that in Texas is. Um, so I don't know. It'll be interesting. But yeah, I still think him and like here's here's what would be be a good ticket, okay? Uh, McConaughey governor and Beto lieutenant governor. Well, that would hurt him. Basically, what needs to happen is. They need to move people a little bit further to the left so they're where they're more comfortable. So a centrist like the like who McConaughey says he is would be just the yeah. money. But here's the thing. I'm legitimately afraid because you, you remember us going through the uh the Texas Republican platform. They don't even care about being American anymore. They're yeah. ready to leave. That's true. And then that's the people that okay. you're working alongside with, trying to write laws with. And yeah. Then, yeah, that's a that's a whole thing. Like I'll I'll be straight up. I'll go back to the mother, motherland. I will go to <laughs> Scotland right now and be like, look, it's been a minute, but here I am. 
I was born in Texas, but my my ancestry comes back from Scotland. Just yeah. to be clear, there you go. Yeah. Well, sweet Rose, you got you got anything for us? You want to add? I'm excited to see how this goes. I I agree with y'all that McConaughey might have a a better shot, and a a better shot at least at not spending his what do you call it a governancy yeah um just fighting with his mm-hmm. co-workers <laughs> yeah um so i i'm interested to see more of his politics yeah if he yeah. even runs yeah exactly if he even runs. i am also excited about beta running i've been a fan of his the whole time um but i you know obviously there are all the things that we've mentioned that I think we're uh, all might not fans be in there. his favor. I yeah, would, we. Yeah. I think we would all love if he were the governor, but yeah. are aware that a lot of things are not in his favor for it, mm-hmm. um, and that even if he did make it into the office, he would still have a lot of fighting to do to get anything done. Yeah. Yep. And because yeah, he's not just a Democrat, he's a high profile. Democrat but what now. that would mean, though, yeah. so just to take it, we'll, we'll we'll wrap up, I guess, with this. But like extending, so if Beto or even a McConaughey wins that election next year what that would do regardless of how successful they can actually be in governing texas what that would mean on the national stage Mm. is that texas has turned blue um right and what that means for funding coming into texas what that means for the you know political the democratic party apparatus and like how much organizing strength they actually have in the state that will increase like it would really oh, position smell blood in the water, dude. dude. It they, would if they even, yeah, because we're getting two new seats in Congress too. We're gonna have two more electoral votes. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised Beto's loss in the Senate. I, I know it was a little bit inspiring, but I'm seriously surprised we did not do better in Texas for the blue for blue for the Democratic Party in 2020. After that, because honestly, like Beto kicked some ass. Like, yeah, for the, he kicked a lot of ass. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And so and that's and, you know, the Democratic Party in itself as an apparatus, like I got man, I got plenty of issues with the D triple C and like all that. That's a bunch of shady nonsense in there. Just go look at Bernie in both 2016 and 2020 and what they did to him. But yeah, mm-hmm. like that, you know, I'm not saying I necessarily want <laughs> all that corruption and greasiness to be coming in here. But like as far as like getting, you know, the left again, separating the policies from the party, right? Getting left-wing policies that will benefit the lives of people, getting those policies passed, you're going to need Democrats to do that. Um, and so, like, that's, you know, that's our best bet. If we were actually to end it on a good note, I guess, like, if we were to get a good governor, um, a Democratic governor for the first time since Ann Richards in the early 90s, um, that would my mom's change. still a fan over Ann Richards. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. My mom loved Ann Richards, too. I was a little kid, but I, I remember good things about her. Um, but that would go a long way into redrawing the political map. Like people, like it would kind of redo politics, I think, and the calculus involved in like the elections if we ended up with a blue governor. Um, so I don't know. There's at least that to go for, regardless of how successful he could be in, you know, rolling back some of Abbott's stuff or having, you know, any success with the con with the state house and state senate. Like, I don't know. That is a great point. But at least there's that. At least there's the national benefit because, again, whether we like it or not here in Texas, we are a swing state now. We are a legitimate swing state. We're going to be dealing with 
election nonsense for the foreseeable future. It's going to be super annoying and people are going to get mad and people are going to get turned off by politics, by all the mass texts and everything. But um, that's where we're at. So if we could do that from a blue foot rather than a red foot, that would that would go a long way on the national level. So that's that that's my two cents on some positivity, I guess. I don't know. Good point. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you guys for sticking with us again and joining us uh, on these these lovely episodes that we love doing with you guys. And and hope you all dug the conversation again. Go down and check out the show notes below. If you, you know, read read all this stuff yourself, there's certainly a lot of good information on there. Go check out that Guardian article, too, about the gerrymandering and car carving up DFW uh, also, specifically. You might want to throw this on there. I found a the YouTube Tyler poll that has like where they where it was saying McConaughey would, yeah. would attract more centrist than uh Beto would progressive so you can throw that on there. It's actually yeah. from UC Tyler. Pretty good stuff if you want to be a nerd. Awesome. Yes. Yeah, drop that in the thing and I'll put it in the show notes also. So sweet. We'll be, we'll plan it probably. Or I had to get you back somehow. <laughs> Thank you, sir. So we'll probably be back to cover that Aaron Dean trial, I imagine, in the beginning of January. It sounds like a good yep. comeback. So, yeah. yeah. Sweet. Not a good comeback, but it's a good, good story to cover. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I hope everybody enjoy your holiday seasons and your, your times with each other and your families and tell everyone that you love that you love them. And <laughs> we, we love you guys. And we'll see you, see you next year. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Peace. Peace.